Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick Check. Hunter, who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1984 all of those good things. Another great week for the West Coast Eagles. It was another loss, if you'd believe that. 14 in a row. Off to the Gabba. We didn't expect a lot. We didn't get a lot. Uh, so, you know, let's let's go through it together. Let's share a little bit of misery and, and share the love. Share your views in the comments as well. Have your say. All right, gents. West Coast Eagles, five goals, five, 35. Were defeated by Brisbane, 16 Now, uh, Bender, we didn't get off to a particularly auspicious start in this game. I don't think Eagles fans were expecting a lot. We're pretty shit at the Gabba on, on a good day, and these are not the good days. And yet, for me, we're having a look at the, the way the score developed. They kicked a goal within about a couple of minutes, and then they kicked another one, and then they kicked another one. And before you knew it, it was 45-0 to zero before Jack Darling put a goal through and, and finally broke that drought right before the quarter-time siren. Not really a great way to start a game, and all the goodwill of the St Kilda game sort of goes out the window when you roll over in the opening minutes like that. Yeah, the, and the narrative, even when we lost to Sydney weeks before, was was that we were coming up to a 200-point loss at, at the Gabba. And um, it certainly felt like that, you know, up until we kicked our first goal. Um, and then it kind of tightened up a fair bit from there uh, in terms of not letting him get those run-on scores like they had in that first quarter. Mm. Um, but, yeah, again, it, it, but yeah, the, the goodwill that came from the Saints game um, it dissipated pretty quickly after that that first quarter, but it could have been a lot worse. And it's a bit sad to, to, for us to think like that. But um, it was uh, that I don't know. I'm not sure what changed after after those first bunch of goals, but they definitely tightened up a bit. So it wasn't terrible as it could have been. Ten goals is is no longer terrible for 2023, it seems. But yeah, no, it's very much in line with what we're expecting. I mean, we'll mm. go through the stats and we'll go through the the lessons and the good players. And obviously we're always looking for the youth and trying to see how they track. I think Brady Hoff is a, a nice little talking point out of this one. Keys just on the effort and on the comparison, I suppose, to the St Kilda game, uh, 92 tackles we laid against the Saints and obviously different conditions, different day, all of this sort of stuff. And yet, 44 tackles from the Eagles uh, against the Lions. Got completely out-possessed by way of, you know, having the footy. The Lions absolutely ran the show in that department. Got out to an early lead, and you could almost argue we're probably pretty comfortable to take the foot off the gas. Maybe that played a part. But given that we needed a response against the Saints, we saw it uh, in our own 2023 sort of way. Straight back into the into the familiar feelings of 2023 this week. Yeah, you kind of kind of get that feeling. We just about gave this one up before we even got on the plane. Um, <laughs> you know, with Shuey and Hearn coming out saying they saw, and um, and it was just yeah. And I think in you know, after quarter time, Simpson sort of said, "Look, he didn't want to lose by the Sydney game again, and just kind of sandbagged it to just make it hard for him to score." So. Um, in in some ways, I sort of the first sort of about ten minutes were kind of okay. Um, I mean Brisbane got a looked look like I got a goal in the first minute again, but uh, Rainer, I think it was, kicked it into Hewitt's leg, mm. so it was it was actually a point. So that was we sort of, and then we sort of had a, a little bit of it, but you know the way the possession was going that way, we're sort of holding on, and then the floodgates opened and. I cracked the shits and, you know, uh, and I think I think we had some really, we had a couple of pretty shitty umpiring decisions as well and I just thought, oh, nah. my, um, my wife, I yelled at something or other and my wife went and shut the back door on. I thought that's probably the time, that's probably a sign that maybe I might just sit the rest of this one out. So, um, you know, early doors, I think Hill was showing a fair bit of fight and, and everything mm. like that. I think even, I can't remember who the commentators were, but they were sort of made mention of, or sort of what he was doing a bit, and, but yeah, it's 
it's one of those things on the road. We're just getting we're just getting slaughtered. Sides are known that they come out at us and they can put us away pretty early um, because we don't have the um, we don't have the fight in us to sort of make it a contest. So you get up, get on top of us early and we'll we'll roll. Um, unfortunately, that's what happened. So um, you know, and then Brisbane probably. Yeah, you know, that the the stage of their campaign where it's just like this, just not doing anything silly, get the win and and um and move on. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. You mentioned Hewitt there and uh, Bender. I, I sort of passed on uh, Brady Hoff as well earlier on in the in the show. First quarter for Hewitt, nine touches. He's at eight centre bounces, and then he finishes the game on eighteen. Sort of moves out of the midfield seemingly, which is an odd choice. And you kind of wonder what are they saving him? I know fatigue and stamina and, and his tank was a little bit of a chat earlier on in the season. But Hewitt in the last couple of weeks has been a big shining light and showing that, that sort of class and just a little bit of decisiveness that makes you think, all right, there's a building block. Uh, and then Hoff is the other one, 22 touches, which is great. Got a couple of coaches votes, which isn't bad either for a backman in a 80-odd point loss. And, you know, you turn around and go, okay, I've, I've, we liked Hoff last year. We probably was a bit raw last year, played a little early perhaps but back half of this season I thought he was good against the Saints is he building up we're trying to find these little wins and these little pieces somewhere it's not a lot to take from the game broadly speaking but how did how did the kids go by uh, by your standards yeah um Hewitt had a like you said an amazing first quarter to start off with and exactly like you said was moved away from the CBDs uh from the end of the first quarter onwards um and um, look I, I assume it's a management issue in that they mm. they moved him forward to not give him too much I don't know fatigue on his leg or whatever um it was a bit infuriating because it was great to see him there doing things and you wanted to see more of that but i guess i'll defer to their expertise on what the right thing to do with our players well-being is no matter how much that might be questionable at the moment um yeah, that's but it. he's he, he's he's got definitely got like an, an explosiveness that that we lack in our midfield from the contest like he, he just he, he hits the the ball hard or the contest hard, like and at full speed, and you can really notice just not a lot of our players do that. I mean, Kelly does it on occasion, mm. um, but you know the the other players in our our set of bounce downs at the moment don't really do it. So yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, Hoff, sorry, amazing that first quarter and kind of tape it off. Hoff was great for the whole game. Um, kept Cameron goalless as you mentioned. Um, got lots of touches and they were good touches as well. They weren't just kind of you know bombing it um, from a rebound from fifty. He was actually finding players to kick to so yeah um good for him to hit some form it's been a while waiting um this year i think he kind of finished off well he started last year strong then tape it off and then this year it's kind of mm. taken him a little while to get into it i know that he's been injured as well so that kind of sucks but that was good um chesser had a decent game um i think he only got 12 or 14 touches i'm not sure um 14 yep yeah by the end of it it felt like he'd had about 20 um, and it was by his standards, I, well, like, you know, even in the game day thread, most people were saying it was promising um, really to see him get a bit of the ball and, and you know, get amongst it. A few good disposals. It's some questionable decision making. I don't know how much that comes down to fatigue, um, but there was a little bit of that. Long had a bit of a quiet game. Um, and so did Jinby, not huge for Jinby. Good tackling, but um, not a lot of touches. But uh, yeah, the the. the Hoff and, and Hewitt, and then to a lesser extent, Chesser, lots to like, um, and hopefully they can carry it on in the coming rounds. Flipping it to the other side of the list, Keys, and of course we will talk team selection a little later on. We've got the, the Richmond game coming up and a few ins and outs on the board there, but you mentioned obviously Shuey and Hearn getting to the back end of their career in, in one form or another. Uh, we might even talk about them, what the plan might be long-term for them, uh, but obviously rested this week, didn't travel, that's okay. You look at guys like Andrew Gaff, and he's the big one. We'll talk about him here. We might as well just rip that Band-Aid off, I suppose. Some trade chat this week, which we can probably glance over because it seems in you know, a little bit more paper talk than anything else, but six disposals against Brisbane. He played over 80% time on ground, so it wasn't an injury thing. You wouldn't the thought it certainly wasn't that he got subbed out early and anything like that this is a guy that we have seen fallen off a cliff in a pretty alarming way because obviously there's the contract chat and everything but 2019 he was all australian 2020 he was bloody good and now you're two years on three years on and you're thinking this guy's not afl standard very very quickly so where are you at with andrew gaff and and i suppose take us through how you've read things this week there's been quite a bit of chat about his role in the team uh at a media level as well yeah i think i think unfortunately gaff there's a there's a couple of things. I mean, he was never quick, um, but he had the ability to run all day, get in space or wear his guy down into the ground. Um, that was his strength. Our kick mark game suited him. It's you know, we, you know he was a, a really important link player for us, running great space on the wing for our defenders to kick to on the way out. Um, 
It was never a long kick, but he was a pretty accurate kick, and he was able to get it sort of low and flat enough to get there reasonably quickly. Um, but he's whatever pace he did have, he's lost. Mm. He's lost all the distance in his kicking, and it's not got the penetration they had anymore. And then the style of the game has changed now. So those outside, those outside accumulator type players of you know that. Not just for the Eagles, but around the comp, you know, guys like, you know, Hunter, you know, Bulldogs let Hunter go to Melbourne, basically. Um, mm. the, the game, the game's too too quick. And with the stand rule, um, yeah, Gaff just, he just gets exposed defensively. Um, and then he hasn't got the speed. When we do have the ball, he doesn't have the speed to run to space. Guys can shut him down too quickly. Um, and he's so wedded to that old game style that when he does get it, he... He sort of stops and looks and, and things like that. He hasn't got the ability to take a mark and then run five or ten minutes quickly and and get the ball on. So it's a it's a combination of him just getting old and the fact that the game no longer suits his style of play. I mean, even if even if you got the gaff from three or four years ago and brought him into this game style, he'd struggle just because of the way the games games played. So. Um, you know, the, the trade chatter, there's a bit of talk that maybe he'd you know, be open to a trade. But when I read that, I just, you, you, you go through the list of clubs and you go, well, who's who's going to play him? I mean, he's not... Even if you paid, even if we paid his whole salary, there's, what is the market? How yeah, is there, there a market? There's no, you can't, like, we'll get to the game. You know, the talk hmm. now is that he's probably, it looks like he's going to be dropped for the, for the Richmond game. If he can't get a game for us... I mean, who's he going to get a game with? I mean, it's just he's, no one's going to play. No one's going to play him. So he's we're kind of we're kind of stuck. He's got a contract for next year. Um, it's not it's not his fault. He's got a big contract. And and to be honest, it's not really the club's fault. He's got a, when we signed him up at the end of twenty eighteen on that on that deal. No, um, do it again. He was all Australian. I yeah. mean, and he knocked back. He probably knocked back a million dollars over the course of the contract length, maybe more. It would have been way paid way more if he had gone to North. So it's not as if he sort of held us to ransom on the money. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's really circumstances. Um, now we're going to, at the end of the year, we're going to have to make a decision what we do. Do we carry him forward into next year or we just try and find a polite way of, um, of pensioning him off? And uh, there's salary cap implications for that. That There's been some discussion on the board about as to whether or not. If we're to delist him at the end of the year, whether his salary for next year falls in this year's cap or next year's cap, if it falls in this year's cap, well, then we can't retire and we'll have to carry him into next year. So Yeah, and I think, I mean, do you say, oh, it sends a message, but you're hamstringing yourself in a way to send that message. We all know where he's at and you all know what the contract situation, well, we presume is going to be at the end of next season, but... I just think you have to wear it, you know. But on that contract, you know, Keys, it's it's as you say, he was an all Australian caliber winger. He he got all Australian the following year after he signed it. We were warding off interest from, you know, back in hometown basically, and he had some off field stuff going on at the time with family and health and all this sort of stuff. So you sign it, and I know why we signed it, and you only need to read the thread the day that he backflipped. North thought they had him, and then apparently he's backflipped and come back. There were bloody parties in the street. There was parties on Big Footy, you know. So it hasn't aged. If you could flip a switch and go back in time, would you warn him and say, hey, don't do it because here's what's going to happen. Yeah, of course you would. But you can't argue with why the contract is there in the first place. You know, it's just one of those things. And I can't believe that the end has come so quickly for him. It's it's bizarre, really. Uh, Bender yeah, Bombard would like to know who... We, oh, yeah. oh, Bender, I was just going to say, yeah, Bombard's got a question here for us. Who wins in a sprint uh, between Andrew Gaff and Keys? Who's your money on on that one? Is Keys on his mobility scooter or is he on foot? Oh, come on now. Let's, let's call it a fair race. <laughs> <laughs> down, down the wing of the stadium between the 50s. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I think yeah, we'll say gaff just. Um, Very nice. I don't think anyone's happy with this situation, though. Like you said, um, no, like he's, a, he's yeah. a champion of champion of the club. No one he hasn't done, set a foot wrong. Um, you know, he's just it's gone past him, um, and unfortunately, he's got another year left on his contract. Um, I hope you know. I, sometimes when I read the negative stuff about him. Um, I think it gets a little bit too, I don't know, vicious or personal about him in particular. I just think sometimes well, yeah, as you say, he's, he's just got. He's old. not chosen this, you know what I mean. No. He's not doing it to spite us or to ruin. 
in your weekend. It's just one of those yeah. sad, unfortunate things. Yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, we've got a few people just sort of uh, playing silly buggers in the comments here. G'day. Name one senior podcaster badges ever dropped. Jetter and Schofield don't count. Still waiting on Brad Scott's big announcement from the 2018 North BNF. So am I. That was a good one. Oh, you know what? This is actually not a bad comment. I'll give you this one. If you throw enough shit at the wall, sometimes some of it sticks. It would be the first sprint, Gaff versus Key, the first sprint timed with a calendar. I don't mind that either. Nicely done. Hey, uh, moving things back onto the field and Bender talking back about the Brisbane game. Any further takeaways? Because a comment from Paul that said, uh, what did it say? Back to business. Yeah, back to business as usual. And it was. It's more of the same. We've seen it as... 80 point, 60 point, 100 point, whatever, is what it is. I suppose one thing is um, Gov got through three quarters without incident and, and actually yeah, um, found a bit of it and was, wasn't was too bad. I think I think he had 20 disposals, but I, I, I hazard a guess that a fair few of those might have been kick-ins because certainly in the time I was watching, he was taking a few of those. So 20 might have been more like 12 or so real possessions. Um, and also Cole came back in in the last quarter and found a bit of it as well. So at least we got a couple of, of long-term injuries back and, and through the game unscathed. So um, that's probably about the end of what I think we can take out of it. Yeah, Spot on. Hunt had a pretty decent game. Um, got you know, continuing with his decent form, I think he's had for the year. Probably one of our better players. Um, outside of that, it's probably more negative stuff that we don't need to go into. Um, probably not quite worth it. But yeah, it was. Um, I think Duggan got a lot of the ball, but but didn't do a great deal uh, positive things with it. Um, and Allen probably getting a bit starved of service now or good service, and he's not being able to get on the scoreboard like we want him to. Unfortunately, yeah. I suppose he kept his streak going. I suppose with a goal in every game that he's played. So. Mm. Good on him. I think yeah, I think that list is down to about three now. I think it's it is, yeah. Uh, uh, I forget who else is on it. Maybe Norton. It's Norton, yeah, Norton. Norton and one other, maybe. Uh, Did Norton kick those. goal tonight? Because that's about all yeah. we've got left to cheer for. Is the he kicked Norton kicked three or so? I think so. No, yeah. well, good stuff. What a legend. Uh, right, well, let's take things off field and indeed away from the men's program and just quickly onto the AFLW for a moment. The leadership group was announced this week and surprise, surprise, Emma Swanson back uh, back on top, back in charge. She will lead the girls out once again this year. She's been a fantastic captain and, and has done it beautifully since the start. Bella Lewis up to the VC role and Jessica Segeneri, Dana Hooker and Ashling McCarthy rounding out the leadership group. This is a really interesting season for the Eagles because we talked about last year how they probably reset the club, to be honest. They had a, had a crack at it with maybe the first group and it didn't go the way it could have or might have or they would have wanted it to. Big cultural reset, big list turnover. They went in again very young last year, but they're starting to all build together. They're all, you know, one year older at a time and ticking over as a group and it's all sort of going through, through the paces and through the gears a little bit. There's a chance that they're putting out a pretty solid football team and you look at that leadership group and they're definitely the names that have impressed us over the years so i don't know it's a good time to be getting on board i think a good time good reason for optimism for the aflw program uh i'm getting sorry just as an aside i'm getting a little bit heckled here keys and feel free to have your say on that if you'd like but uh apparently i'm gonna have to <laughs> i'm getting dragged for my griffin logue opinions long time listeners will know that i just think griffin logue's a good football player it's not really a revolutionary statement i'm not saying he's the world's greatest player i just think he's just a really good football player i think defenders need a little bit more credit and of course he's injured i think he did his ACL uh, for North and Bombard's getting on my case. So good, mate. Nice to see you in the chat. And uh, yeah, it's always a shame when one of the greats of the game gets injured, but he'll be back and he'll be he'll be better than ever, no doubt. Yeah, I, I followed the women sort of loose, just sort of see what pops up in Twitter and things like that. I think um, some of the training shots and stuff like that I've seen coming through have been been pretty good. There was one. Yeah, coverage has been good lately. One shot I saw was I think it was um, I think it was Bella Lewis. And she looked as ripped as any of our bloody male players, to be honest. She looked, um, she wouldn't, she wouldn't, she wouldn't look out of place in our in our Beagle side. The way she was, um, <laughs> the way she was looking, she looked in in in, uh, in really good nick. And I think, yeah, I think we was it the girl we got from Frank was it Franklin that we got from Fremantle? Yeah, Amy Franklin. Yep. So you know, it seems like we've like recruited, um, yeah, you know, reasonably well and. So yeah, all power to them. It'd be nice, nice after after the shit show that's been this season in the men's. That you know maybe the women can um, can step up and be a bit of a beacon 
for us uh, you mm. know, this season. So we'll see. Um, no, definitely a good year. Definitely a good year for people to get on board. Just one more comment coming through here. Andrew says, uh, hey, as in Griffin Logue, I presume, can be added to the Gaff versus Keys race on one leg. Bender, does that sway your argument at all? Griffin Logue with one ACL against the other two? Who, who do you like? I think he'd just run in the wrong direction if he was in the race. Oh, come anyway. on. He's, he's a good footballer. <laughs> Dead set. If we, if we got him, and I, and I, I think he's signed on a really, really good deal at North. I'm not saying that we would have been able to afford that. But if we'd got him, we've got a Brad Shepard-sized hole in our defence. We've got more holes than that across the list, but I think he would have slotted into that surprisingly well. Anyway, it's certainly a hole in the Whilst we're on the women, I'll have a I'll yes. early nomination for Villain of the Week. And we know we talked pre-show about there being a bit light on for Villain of the Week. But the reminder... Well, we're segueing there. So here we go. You can lead us off. We'll skip uh, Heroes. We'll come back to Heroes. Who do, who do you like for Villain? AFLW, I think, right. are due to start in about seven weeks. Mm. But we wouldn't know because we haven't got a fixture. Yeah, it is annoying. Or even... I, I don't even know if they've settled on how many games they're going to play this year yet or not. So there's no... There's no fixture, there's no number of games, and there's not even a pay deal signed off on yet. And we're, you know, there's seven weeks away from the start of the season. I think, you know, that's, um, you know, if the AFL, if AFL want people to take the Women's League seriously, um, which I think there's, you know, I'm, it's not, I've said it before, yeah, the, the, the Women's League's not for people like me. You know, that's, you know, I, I won't ever, I won't, I won't bag it. I won't, I, I won't ever bag it. And I wish them all the best. And I hope, it, and I think in time it will, it'll, it'll become a really good competition. You're already seeing the younger girls coming through that have been in, you know, have, have had it's, eight or 10 years yeah. of footy through the juniors starting to come through. So it's when you it's see gonna, the girls that it, didn't have to stop when they were 10, it's when you see yeah, actual it's gonna, pathways. It's going to succeed 100%. and things like that. So, so it's there, but if AFL really want it to take off, and for mm. they've got to take, start taking it fucking seriously themselves, because you just can't. You can't. It's supposedly a national. It's a peak body for the women's league, and you know they're treating it like the fucking AFLX or whatever. It's a it's a fucking joke. <laughs> they need get out of AFLX. Know, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, they need they need to get their shit together. And this is this is a byproduct of them not having. You know, Gil McLaughlin took a one year fucking resignation tour. Um, Brad Scott left his post as uh, footy ops manager or whatever he was to coach Essendon in October. They haven't. They still haven't replaced his role. So it's like, what the fuck are they doing? Get you get their shit together. They get paid. They scalp off enough money between them at the executive level to be um, to be doing something, and they're not. So fix the fucking women's leg up and take it seriously so that the competition has some air and has a chance to take off. Yeah, I think th- through the media, I think they've done a good job of pushing it and promoting it, but to be seven weeks out, as you say, and a few comments coming through, kicks off in 50 days, no fixture or season length yet, is uh, pretty special. So, yeah, no, fair cop keys. That's a, that's a good villain nomination. Uh, another villain nomination in the comments here, Jack Gunston uh, kicked a bunch of goals. Obviously, Brisbane do the goal music. I think we had Country Roads Take Me Home whenever Charlie Cameron subjects us to yeah, a goal. Yeah, well, we didn't hear team. that. So. No, but we got horses. We got horses six times, and Andrew wasn't happy about it. So there's a villain nomination there. Very good. I actually reckon Brisbane should be fucking villain for the whole thing. That idea of playing a song after every goal is tedious at best, and it's fucking annoying at worst. Nah, I'm all in. I love it. And I think I Josh Kennedy used to have the... Pick up Oh well, they they did it a little bit, and uh, yeah, Keys. I think there was a bit of backlash. I'm pretty sure Josh Kennedy had the Venga bus, and that was just hear the Venga bus every time JK kicks a goal. That's a ripper. Sign me up for that. Uh, Bender, what song would you play if you had a goal? If you had goal music, and also, do you have any other villains for the week? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I think I'm like I for the half a second, my brain would think like, oh, what song? You know, what I want to send a message to the crowd, but then I think, what would be the most annoying? I think you just go there straight away, and you think you, you mm. want to frustrate people, and there'd have to be some sort of uh, you think um filtering of your musical choices to be you know okay for the crowd. Um, and I got nothing. I don't know. Maybe crazy frog. Crazy frog. That's just terrible. Give me the crazy frog noise every time. Now, good news is I, I would never mm. kick a goal. If I even <laughs> tri- tripped and fell onto an AFL field, I'd be mm. trampled immediately. But uh, I reckon crazy frog. Who would you give to like a, you know, your leading goal scorer at the club? What what song would you, I'd, if Oscar Allen kicked a goal and crazy frog went off, that'd be hilarious. Or the mosquito ringtone. You remember the mosquito ringtone keys? You'd know all about this. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Like- 
I play one of my son's songs. Oh, yeah, very good. There you go. Yeah, That's choice. nice. That's a little mm. bit more sentimental and actually heartfelt than I was hoping, Kays. I thought you'd have some really thick yeah. answer for us. Uh... <laughs> Boy, Kays goes whack. Father of the year. Nicely done. Uh, any other villains? This he's isn't... doing well Uh-oh. for anyone who's listening. He's going really well with it, but he's uh, it's, in a very, it's in a very niche musical market. So. There you go. Bloody hell. Um, I've, got, I've got a villain, um, actually. Yeah. I've, got a, I've thought of a couple. What first one is the, the narrative around trying to help North out as much as we can with their uh, list management. And so it's gone from guaranteed priority pick now to mm. pre-listing uh, Next Generation Academy players now. So yeah. that they... I I guess they don't have to use picks. I'm not sure how it would work or they can use late picks as much as they want without getting any um, uh, anyone coming in and, and challenging them or whatever. That one's annoyed me a little bit. And I think the other one is, have they kind of tapered off on the on the Hawks this week in their investigation into racism where they've said there's going to be no individual penalties? And so they have... Oh, really was there said, an update? Was there? I've stopped following it because when sure they said no was. case to answer and then they reopened it because the pressure came up, I, I thought, now nah, I'm done with this. I think Keyes is across it a bit more than I am. Um, whether they said there's going to be no individual penalties, but they kind of implied there's going to be no penalty at all against Hawthorne. Yeah, I, I was probably, you lose track of those things, probably about three or four weeks ago, I, they came out and said there's no, in, they're, they're shutting it down because the, claim, the claimants have sort of stopped talking to them and they really got, so there was no individual penalties, um, even though they hadn't spoken to anybody. They decided that there wasn't anything to to do and then this week that sort of come out that um there's probably going to be no draft penalties to Hawthorne as such um but there might be some financial ones for not because of what they did but because of the way they handled the investigation so it's it's just the the whole thing is just a balls up I mean we spoke about a little while ago um, but for the seriousness of the allegations that were made, this has just been, they've just strung it out along to the point where people have sort of lost, lost track and care about it and then just gone, oh yeah, we'll just let this just die off and wither on the vine and hopefully everyone will forget about it. And sadly, um, it seems to be working. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a great shame. And yeah, North, um, the priority picks, I hate, I think the league's been through a period where we had priority picks, and I mean it's it's hard, it's kind of hard not to be totally hypocritical because the Eagles did benefit. We got, um, you know, back in the the Judd draft, we got a priority pick that year, and we got, you know, we got Shuey uh, with a priority pick as well. And was Darling a some sort of compensation? And Darling as well, I think, or Darling or Lysette, you know. There's, so we we've had the benefit of them, and, and a lot of clubs have. But I think I think the AFL I thought learnt from that experience, and they sort of shelved them, and now they're not they're a lot harder to get. But um, North, you know, they had a couple of picks last year. They had, you know, they used them on. I mean, they used one on Lloyd, which, you know, fair enough, he's he's a reasonable player. They used the other one on fucking Darcy Tucker. He wasn't yeah. getting known for North, North Melbourne. Like, so, you know, there, I don't, you know, there's a bit of discussion on the airboard about whether or not we should apply for a priority pick and everything like that. And I've said, well, no, because I don't think we deserve one yet. We haven't been bad enough for long enough as much as been, we've been really, really bad. But, you know, we played in the final three years ago. So um, we're not that bad. Um, but North, just fuck off. You, you know they get ten million dollars extra a year than what we do. Um, yeah, just thank your lucky stars that the AFL doesn't fold you and just send you down to Tasmania for permanent. Um, uh, and and the types of picks that they're, they're talking about that's coming through and something that, like Ben that touched on is a fucking joke. I mean, I mean people won't not everyone on but that pre-listing of an academy player. Is basically mm. they just get added onto the list. Now, um, if we got that, we've got a couple of guys who might go in the first 40 picks, but they might go past 40, which means we would be able to bid on them. Um, North have got a kid in their academy uh, called Sanders, who is a potential top 10 pick from Tasmania. I don't know how the fuck he works out in, his, in their academy anyway. Um, so that that gives them a, a pre-listed player who's a top ten pick. Plus, they get their pick. They're, they're a good chance of getting a uh, compensation pick when the, when Mackay turns his back on them and walks out. Mm. And I still want other assistants. It's just like fuck off. I'm tired of them. Just die already. Yeah. No one deserves priority picks, including West Coast. If we stay this shit for a decade, it's our own fault. Don't do priority picks. 
Um, Mig's making the point that North were forced to trade those picks last year, which brings their value down. And that is true. And I actually thought that was a good step from the AFL. You know, okay, we'll give you some assistance, but it's not a free swing. And you kind of have to, you don't just stack more kids and more kids and end up with an expansion club situation. You know, you have to go out and actually shape your list and get some veterans and all this sort of stuff. But nah. Yeah, I, didn't spend, no, I didn't spend much time scouting around the fucking league to find someone to pick up with, though. So. No, they got on the phone to Freo, didn't they? Just straight away, you, you'll do. Yeah. Um, nah. Look, Mackay compensation. Talk, there's talk about, let's say they get pick two, that they'd get pick three as compensation. Now you're talking about this pre-listing. In the bin, not having it. Just just rip up. There's no relegation. This is the beauty of the AFL, and also it's drawback depending on who you ask. There's no relegation, so the draft sorts itself out. We've yeah. all got a salary here's, cap. We've all got a draft. Just sort yourselves out. Here's a doomsday scenario for you. Go on. All right. North managed to, which is still on the cards, North managed to finish last because we win a yep. couple of games, including Brady yep. North. So they get pick one. They get yep. a priority pick, first round priority pick, so they get pick two. Yep. Agency compensation pick for Ben Bakai, they pick three. So we finished second last, end up with pick fucking four again, the same as we did in 2010. After the shit we have, we end up with pick one, two, and three. Now, 2010 draft, we've got Gaff, Darling, Lysette, and uh, McGovern. So, yep, 2010 draft, let's do it again. I've threatened once on this podcast to blow up AFL Hess, and I'll, that'll be the second time I've threatened to <laughs> fucking blow it up. If, That's uh, two. If, if that, uh, oh, the, the only thing is Alzheimer's had kicked in, like, I forget why I said I was going to blow him up the first time. So, <laughs> Three strikes, you get arrested. Let's not have any more arrests <laughs> on this podcast. We know what happened to me. Uh, right, priority picks, that's the villain. Hero of the week. If you wouldn't mind, I'll lead this one off uh, because I'm not certain who actually created it. I know it's been spread far and wide uh, and this is one of the great big footy slash Twitter footy community stories for me is the Brian Myers, Lionel Messi, Jared Waitley uh, fake quote that has been circulated. Look, I understand that you shouldn't make up fake quotes and all this sort of stuff if they're actually harmful or if they're going to damage somebody's brand or reputation. It's Jared Waitley. It's a dumb quote about Brian Myers, come on, get over it. So the quote was, for everybody who's not seen it, uh, it was basically a fake post. It was all dressed up on, on Twitter there, looking like a real circulated quote pointing to last night's episode of 360 or SEN, something like that. And allegedly, Jared Waitley has said, Brian Myers is to the AFL what Leo Messi is to soccer. Messi may kick more goals, but Myers scans the field just as well. Maybe even better than Messi does. Now, pretty obviously a fake quote. Could have gotten a few people, might not have gotten other people. Pretty well presented. It was a decent, like it was a good enough little fake. It was a nice bit of content. Jared Waitley has latched onto this this morning and it's, Bender, it's the Streisand effect uh, in in full flight because last night I reckon it was going to wither and die and everyone was going to go, oh yeah, that was funny. Good little good little quote. Waitley, is, he wants names and he wants answers and it has only publicised it and boosted it and I've, I'm seeing uh, or messy shirts now being produced and it's gone everywhere. Just hats off. Hats off to whoever made that and I just, I love a good day of community footy content it's not often we can all come together and uh in this instance fans of 18 clubs all get to come together and go hats off to you so that's my hero nomination whoever uh, whoever we liked there i am um, i'm guessing he's new to the internet is is it his first day or is he unsure how this works or yeah i i thought it was a i don't know i look if it was something horrendous and honestly like if his reputation's at stake like i get it he's lashing out and fair enough you have a right to defend your corner but so talk about Brian myers because he leads the afl in assists and Lionel messi arguably the greatest player of all time like, but come on have, have well, a laugh mate jesus it's look, Ronaldo is happy now because he's no longer his his main rival. So now it's obviously grind versus Messi, and you know Ronaldo yeah. can take take a little bit back seat. Got a, got a new rival for the ages between those two. I, I'm I'm reading a couple of his tweets, and they they just seem really desperate. Like the uh, Hey James, I'm worried about you. You there? Delete the fake tweet. It's simple. And there's like still nothing, James. There's um. It's a pretty entertaining little <laughs> little thread yeah. from him. And the bloke mm. got back to him and said, "Mate, I'm at work. Like, sorry, mate. I'll I'll delete it." But I think the best part, I'm pretty sure that's not the guy who created it. I think the guy who created it tagged this other guy and went like, "Yeah, come on, mate, delete your tweets." And someone's seen that and sort of get. Anyway, it's the internet. Stuff spreads. I think the, the, the best thing is the guy who created it has actually jumped on board and is encouraging yes. to really to go after the bloke that created it when it was actually him. So it's a fucking great stitch up. And that's really, that's really unreal. Um, it's unreal. The best thing was, is because when I read it, it was like I didn't pick it up as being fake because I thought that's the sort of stupid, nonsensical 
thing that Jared Whiteley will say because he's a verbose dickhead that I that that and he's a Geelong supporter that just will take things over the top from time to time. I mean, um, yeah. So and but yeah, instead of just laughing it off and going, oh hey, yeah, look at that, yeah, he's gone the other path and gone take it down because you're making me look bad. Well, you make yourself look bad every night, Jared. Same as me <laughs> on this podcast, but. Oh, God. Um, I don't have a viewership of I don't have a viewership of fifty thousand on Fox Sports or whatever it is. Um, Any minute now, any minute now, this is going to get picked up. Um, yeah, whoever did that, he's a hero and it's not even close. Oh, here we go. Nicely done. Any other hero nominations uh, for the group? But I reckon that's a that's a tough one to beat in my opinion. Oh, Nothing for me. Just, yeah, just one. JK and Lecker are playing for oh, Northampton yeah. on the weekend um, and they're doing a lot of stuff. They're piggybacking uh, charity onto it and things like that. So that's good of them just to... To go out, I don't think I don't know what the population of one is, but it's going to probably double or triple. Um, yeah, it's fair. That's fair, that Andrew. Of this podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're uh, raising money for footy, well, country footy, basically, and trying to pay everybody's rego for next year. I think they've got some waffle games up there and doing curtain raises and all sorts. So they've always said they wanted to play again for Northampton in particular. I think that's come up quite a bit. So good on them. That'll yeah. be good. When I first saw it, I had my heart in my mouth because I thought, he's not doing a Will Schofield, is he? He's not playing for the Beagles or anything silly like that, right? But no, nah, not to be. Just, just for Northampton. So good on them. Yeah, that's a good one. Fair shout, Case. But it doesn't make the tweet. Nah, absolutely not. <laughs> Right, let's get things back on field. Round 18, it's Richmond. And uh, speaking of Josh Kennedy, this is a team that we have not beaten since that infamous Josh Kennedy goal off the 14.999 metre kick from Liam Ryan. Nice little pass down the wing there and down the pocket. So, uh, Bender, lead us off. We've got some ins. Luke Edwards, Hearn, Petresky, Seaton, Shuey are in. The only confirmed out is Xavier O'Neill. And once again, I mean, we've done this conversation however many times. He's he's in and then he gets a decent run and then he's seemingly the first one dropped. So I would suggest with where he's at, maybe that might be a bit of a sign. Uh, but look, it's a team we've not had a lot of luck against. We played them earlier in the year to the tune of you know pretty familiar result. What are you expecting? We needed the response in that Saints game. We saw the letdown in the Brisbane game. Can they come back? and lift that energy and show us something at home or is it is it more of the same and just uh, more on the same theme for 2023? Uh, look, it's going to be tough coming back from Brisbane as well um, yeah, after yeah. the long road trip. Um, doesn't do us any favours, uh, which I think might take away that that sort of intensity that we had in the St Kilda game and bringing it early. Um, look, I hope we can bounce back. I don't. I don't want to lose games. I, I don't. I don't want the wooden spoon. I don't care what we get from getting the wooden spoon in terms of the player. Um, I'd like to win games, and I'd like to win as many as possible. I think we can get good player between picks one and three anyway, but. I don't know. Uh, look, I still think we're going to lose, unfortunately, after after all that is said. Um, Petrocelli, is he, is he actually fit? Um, I thought there was talk or week of him having a strapped calf or something. Yeah, he had a, a bit of this calf. Case. There you go. He had a strapped calf at training on Tuesday, I believe, um, was reported. Um, but he's been named in the side. But, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Um, there has to be some doubt. But, you know, because he had this... He's, Strap calf walking laps, you know, that could mean anything. Um, they don't do a lot on Tuesdays normally, but if they're strapping, that's not usually a good sign. And it's it would be peak Petrocelli to um, get himself injured just as he's starting to show a decent run of form because that's defined his six years with us. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, game styles, I mean, at the peak, you know, when these two were battling it out for premierships or top of the ladder, top four, whatever it might be, it's always been a bit of a clash of styles. Richmond with a bit of run and gun and the Eagles slowing it down, kick mark, all of this sort of stuff. Well, Keys, the game styles might have changed, but the, the base numbers seem to be pretty much the same because Richmond are number one in the league in metres gained. 6,250 on average per game. Keys, where do you think the Eagles rank on metres gained? Last. Yeah, by quite a way. We have 5,088 per game. The next lowest is Kangaroos, 300 metres more. So... They move the ball uh, a shitload more. Let's be blunt. They move the ball a hell of a lot more, and uh, they're pretty aggressive with it. They don't mind turning the ball over, but they love just you know pushing it forward and rushing it forward as we've watched them do for a while. So could be a could be another one for the back line. McGovern, Barass, Hoff nowadays. Just you might be inundated, boys. So buckle up. Yeah, well, I think um, on the form line, I think Richmond lost by about the same to Brisbane in Brisbane as what we did about mm. two weeks ago. So. Um, possibly, possibly the exact same margin. I can't quite remember if it was or wasn't, but it was certainly eighty odd points. Um, 
Yeah, sort of a bit of a thing since that game. That game was 2021 was a bit of a watershed moment for certainly for us, and it has been a bit for Richmond as well. They've they've sort of not been quite the same. I think they ended up missing finals that year as well. I mean, they sort of bounced back in the finals last year, but never really looked like it. And they've been sort of on and off this year. So um, they haven't been playing great footy most of the time this year. Um, they've had patches. I mean. I just had a look. There's nine nine players from that 2021 game that will be playing for us on on the weekend, and that mm. counts. That counts Luke Edwards, so it may only be eight. So yeah, we've we've gone through a few changes since then. Um, yeah, it's just an effort. It's an effort thing. Uh, I mean, at least we get a it's an eight day break for us. Although I think Richmond are off a similar sort of break as well because um, they. When they played, they played Friday night, I think, maybe Thursday night last week. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just – and we'll need the effort because, you know, one thing one thing that Richmond do normally do, even when they're not playing that well, is actually still do still bring a, a decent sort of effort to the contest. And I mean, they're running around a bit, but their chooks cut off. And they've still got a bit of talent. You know, guys like Bolton, Bolton yeah. and Martin running around, they've still got, you know, some guys that can take the game away in a pretty short burst. So... Toronto um, this year, and yeah, they, it, it looks yeah, a Toronto little bit ominous. That, yeah, yeah, even even someone like um, you know Baker can step up, and and the um, and you know the thief can pick a pick his moments to um, steal settle a down. game. Yep, settle down. Good, <laughs> nicely done. Uh, Bender, the going through the ins and outs. Obviously, we don't have the finals. One Just that we do have. Hey. Just hope he doesn't bring his machete with him. Yeah, great work. Very good. Right. Now, Bender, uh, one of the changes that we do know, Nankervis out, suspended, a little bit of a drive-by yep. clip and the, the running bump. What do you think that does for the ruck battle? They've brought Soldo in and you assume they'll yeah. stick with him. Uh, Williams versus Soldo is probably not a Hollywood matchup. You wouldn't put it on the marquee, but it's actually quite influential, I would have thought, given that we've said, look, you know, Bolton's good. Uh, <laughs> I've still got Cochin running around for some reason and move him through the middle a bit. Martin, when he's not playing out of the square and all these sorts of guys, Taranto and so on and so forth. Our midfield gets towed up. We need Bailey Williams to do a job for us. And uh, we're in the back end of the season. Once again, it's Bailey Williams that's one of our most important players. So interesting ruck battle and, and certainly an interesting midfield battle beyond that. Yeah. I, look, I think it's it's going to be a good matchup for, for Williams. I don't see any reason why he can't have a good game. I don't think Soldo is, is the greatest player ever. I think they're probably about on the same level. If not, Soldo's a little bit behind him. Um, I would say that I think we've already, you know, kind of uh, glossed over him a little bit and it's Taranto that's probably going to be our biggest issue. Um mm. He's obviously having a pretty good season, and uh, I don't know. I think we struggle with those those good kind of in in and under types um, traditionally, anyway. Um, but yeah, look, I think Williams' follow up game has probably been where he's probably been that much better this year. It hasn't been all about his his right contest. It's after the ball hits the deck, he's actually going after it and, and getting clearances himself. Um, I think he'll have Soldo covered in that respect. Um, at the actual tap itself might be a different story. He's just got to time his taps a little bit better and he could, could be a far better ruckman than he is already. Mm. And um, that'd be something that would be great. But look, I think, um, yeah, I'm actually looking through the, the team list here. And they've, I know they're all older, but they're still a formidable list when they're on. The, the, you know I mean? They haven't reached the ebbs that we have, but there's a lot of that no. where you go, yeah, on paper, there's still this, 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 and but it's not quite clicking for them obviously not That's the same it. but uh yeah yeah it's a bit of a as Key said they've actually sort of followed somewhat of a similar trajectory since that josh kennedy game and you wouldn't know it from our results against them but broadly speaking not a not a lot of happy campers i wouldn't have thought in, in tigerland either at the moment uh keys we touched on gaff so we're assuming he's not going to play the rest of the extended bench hewitt sps edwards petch Witherden, Bazo, and Marrick. So there's a few options there. We've got to just get games into the Hewitts, Edwards, Bazo, and Marrick for me. You know, it's a bit rough on your Luke Edwards and Petch. I've enjoyed watching him play lately, but I just think load up on the kids. We've got to find a way to just pump games in. Jack Williams named on the field, probably not, you know, AFL ready, ready yet. He's a little bit raw, but Bob's up with some goals here and there. So I don't know, keep backing him in. And I think we're just in the pump games into him stage of, of the season and of our little trajectory, aren't we? Yeah, I think Jack Williams is in there because he's back up right to the other Williams. True. So yep. um, I'd be... Certainly, looking at a bench, you're, you're you're not penciling in. You're putting in Hewitt as uh, mm. as starting. Um, I'd like to think that Marrick holds his spot, um, but I can I could envisage that maybe he gets a a spell. 
Petrocelli certainly, if he's if he's fit, he plays because he's sort of yep. been been okay. So I would have, I would have thought that Hewitt and Petrocelli are, are certain, and then you can sort of raffle the, the last two spots off. Um, you probably you probably one off with it on a Bezo, not both of them. Mm. Um, I mean, I'd probably like to see Bezo over over Witherden, but Richmond don't have a really tall forward line, so that might um, rule Bezo out. Um, and then it's Edwards or, or Samo. Um, so I, I don't know. You're probably Edwards is when he's been playing hasn't been hasn't been great. Um, and Prochesky Seaton's are probably a more natural half forward than what Edwards is. So. Um, but then he's underdone. He's he's had three or four weeks off with a quad, and he'd only played one or two matches before right, that so when he was coming off that cork. So he hasn't played a lot of footy in the last nine or ten weeks. I mean, probably two games at best. So you probably look. You probably say he'd be better coming back through the waffle. But I don't think it makes. I don't put it this way. I don't think um, we win or lose the game based on who we uh, who we omit from that bench. It's not going to be lost at selection, but he's gone in land of the Giants. Too tall. Mitch Brown in the forward pocket. Unreal. Hey, it just dawned on me then. We glossed over the waffle. The Eagles, rather the Beagles, had the most competitive waffle game they've had in some time. They had a had a win snatched away from them, and it was sort of turned into a draw that probably shouldn't have been, but probably what we all deserve for sitting through the Beagles versus Perth, and a little bit of drama there, which we did gloss over. So, you know, there's some players coming through. Maybe there's a little bit more shape to the Beagles as we go forward, and Keys well, and we have... Merrick sitting in the goal square. Maybe it's something to watch there We've got, as well. Uh, potentially as many as eleven players, listed players playing um, luxury, playing waffle this weekend. So uh, that would be that would be nice. So it might be double figures. I did. A, it'll be the first time this season we've had double figures. If we get that far, the highest we've had this year has been nine. And you've got to go back. I mean, there was five games last year where we had more than like ten. 10 or more. So it's been been a pretty tough job for Rob Wiley down there. So mm. um, hopefully this weekend we can um, – we're playing West Perth who put 37 goals through us uh, early on the year. And I think uh, – Yeah, but uh, the umpiring uh, that day, Keith, was – oh, what are you – and there's a uh, big breeze and, that way as well. And <laughs> uh, no, chill, no chin Kytel kicked 10, I think, from memory. <laughs> Um, so it'll be a bit harsh if we, um, and I think that might have been on Basso. So Basso's probably, I don't know if he wants to go back to Hopefully, probably send him back. So, um, if we send him back, we might get, you might end up getting suspended. So, um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's nice. It was nice that the waffle side actually got some, even if it was only two premiership points. They did and they came back. They came back from about six goals back as well, which is um, which is quite impressive and uh, quite an indictment on Perth. Good stuff. There you go, uh, Bender. Any final thoughts on the Richmond game? What to watch out for? What you're excited for? Any matchups, or shall we just get into some some tipping and some predictions? Uh, just same old stuff. You know, looking forward to hopefully a good showing from from Hoff and Chesser and Hewitt. I'm hoping mm. Hewitt gets a bit more time in the centre, um, and we can get through without an injury. Fingers crossed. Michael, fingers right. crossed. Mm. So who do you have then? So I'm presuming you'll don't let me put words in your mouth, but I think Richmond might win. So by how much? And yeah, you've just given us a list of young players. Is there anyone in particular you want us to watch on the weekend? Uh, I'd like to see more from from Marek. I think I think I've, yep. we've seen a lot a lot of the other kids. Um, I'd, I'd be happy to see him a bit more at Optus. I think he seemed okay against the Saints, or pretty decent, really. Um, and I'd like mm. to see him at home. Another another good good game in the forward pocket. Um, and I'm look. I think we can keep it to under five goals. I think. Um, and and so, salvage it a little bit footy. of a respect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We might actually watch the whole game. Um, but yeah, I think under thirty points, and I think. We, look, I don't see why not. I think um, Shuey is such a huge part of our drive. I um, mean, when yeah. he's in, when he's in the midfield and he he plays like he does, he has just a huge effect on on everyone's. Uh, I don't know. They they walk taller, they play harder, and he he leads the way. And I think when he's there at home against a team that's you know it's better than us, obviously, but still not world beaters by any means. I, mm. I think we can keep it close, and I hope we can. Very nice, very very nice. Uh, Keys Richmond have sort of. As you said, we've kind of dovetailed since that JK game and sort of been travelling on the same little journey here and hand in hand. And yet every time we roll into town or they roll into town, they seem to beat the ever-loving crap out of us. So are we on for that again this week or is there more of the Saints game and maybe a little bit of optimism? Yeah, look, I, there's, a, there's a veneer of optimism based off that Saints game that we can 
bring some intensity and, and things like that. Um, and maybe get Richmond on a on a on a bad day. Um, so if we can keep it to yeah under five goals, I mean if we can keep it the same as the Saints game where we're you know ten minutes to go, we're still in the match, and mm. yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Um, you know, just it'd be great to disregarding ladder positions and draft picks and and all that sort of stuff. It'd be uh, it'd be nice to get a win. I think it's just it's like. The repercussions of a winner, uh, you know, they, they are what they are, but it'd be nice to get a win and, and put an end to this losing streak, which is, what is it, 14, 14. or whatever it is. I'm starting to get yep. a bit out of the hand, so it'd be nice to um, be nice to do that, and it'd be nice to um, kind of fuck Richmond's little bit of a drive towards finals as well. So, um, but that's, yeah, it's, I, I just, yeah, I like watching, I hope Long has a good game, because I like watching him. Nice, um, very nice. Yeah, but that's yeah, um, competitive. That's what we want. That's all we're asking for as fans. No doubt. Uh, yeah, I think that forty to fifty window is probably the par level. You know, I don't. I think it probably might get a little bit worse than that. Uh, Richmond, I should say, have a habit of going on with it. I feel maybe that's selective. You know, picking and choosing which games I'm thinking of. But maybe a holdover from last year where they just completely tore us apart on that maybe Thursday or Friday night, whatever it was, and Bolton went absolutely ballistic. So. A little bit scared, but I'd say under 40 is a pass, context permitting. Um, yeah, I'd, as you've all said there, a little bit more fight, a little bit more to play for in the third quarter and fourth quarter, and that's that's fine by me. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing how young Ruben Jinby goes because he's getting a bit tired, and I know he's been asked to carry a lot and play a lot, hell of a lot of footy, a hell of a lot of midfield minutes as well for a young guy. He's built like a 30-year-old veteran, but he isn't. So, you know, it's important to make sure we're managing him. And I've just he's tailed off a little bit over the last little while. Just be kind of cool if he had a big game, you know? We, as, as we've been touching on, Hewitt's a building block, maybe Hoff. We all like long. We're all wrapped with Jimby. Just put a little bow on it. Give us something special where we go, yeah, just a reminder, guys. Like, I'm I'm not going anywhere either. So, hey, let, let's yep. say Reverend Jimby for me. Uh-huh. Uh, All right, everybody, that will do it from us this week. We've got the Tigers game coming up and we'll recap it, of course, next week. And fingers crossed we've got plenty of good stuff to chat about and a few more heroes and villains and a few little little, uh, more fake quotes is what I'm trying to get out there, Bender. Who would you like to see stitched up with a fake quote next week most? Uh... Maybe Trevor Nisbet. That would be entertaining. Okay. I doubt he, I doubt he has a he has a uh, Twitter account, but um, it'd what, be good if someone made one. What would it say? Ma- or you've got any sort of general framework for what what would uh, set the cat amongst the pigeons there? That he that he's backflipping on on leaving soon, and he he's going to uh, see out another decade at the club. Something along those lines. Yep. I think that, that would, would be go, nice. That would go well. Very good. Keys. Mm. Who do you want to see stitched up next week uh, with a fake quote? I'd like to see someone uh, stitch up Kane Corns with a quote that actually makes sense and is actually intelligent so everyone knows it's fake very nice <laughs> i love that good uh fake quote from gill would be nice coming through in the comments here g'day migs nicely done uh i reckon we'll leave it there as, as i said thank you to everybody who's watched along commented subscribed and the audio feed should all be back up and running so hopefully no issues there going forward as well good luck to everybody this week watching the game good luck to those enduring it live and uh good luck of course to the eagles as well we'll talk to you next week bye for now bye